Hey everyone, welcome to Orange Crushing It, a weekly series dedicated to high drive, passionate and motivated individuals. I'm your host, Frank Clark, President and CEO of The Mr. Orange. This shows a weekly dose of business, life and personal development principles geared toward bringing out the adrenaline junkie and overachiever in each and every one of you. As a seasoned entrepreneur of over five companies producing hundreds of millions in revenue, I'm going to personally be sharing my stories of success and, of course, my life-defining massive screw-ups, <laughs> as well as featuring inspiring guests, business leaders, athletes, thrill-seekers who just truly want to walk their talk and make life happen. Stick around, and let's get crushing. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Orange Crushing It. My name is Frank Clark. I'm the CEO of The Mr. Orange, and with Orange Energy, we attract great people in our lives, people that are driven, people that understand that contribution is the way to make yourself successful, to have that zest for life, that adrenaline junkie kind of mentality. And I have a really good friend on the show today. His name is Rob Gill. And I met Rob back in January, kind of knew him indirectly a little while before then. But Rob is an experienced financial professional with over 21 years in the industry. He provides tons of value to his clients' financial lives. And he has a concise vision on many unfamiliar and overlooked issues that erode wealth. You know, wealth is an important thing to all of us. And Rob has a, just a, as he says in his words, a mind-altering discovery session with no plant-based medicine even, I think. So <laughs> and his goal is to minimize things like lost opportunity costs, taxable events. He captures, assesses, and redeploys people to get them or just right on the right track. Not only does he do this, he's, he's the founding member of Epic Wealth Management and driving force behind the philosophy and direction of the company, which I know because I've met Rob, is a fun energy. You know, because sometimes talking about finances can be a eh, subject to mm. some people, right? It's like that, mm, I don't really want to admit that I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. But I can tell you something, Rob makes it fun. And he's a community member. He serves on the foundation board at the Clara Mass Hospital. He's also uh, self-funds scholarship programs at Marist High School in Bayonne. Uh, he's part of uh, St. Peter's Prep and Xavier uh, High School, uh, LaSalle Academy in New York. I mean, this guy's constantly involved. He provides tuition assistance to disadvantaged students from Holy Cross Parish in Ramson. He's a cool guy. He's got three kids. His wife, Janice, and he's just a really, really dear friend of mine. This is a guy, by the way, that when you see him in a room, okay, yeah, he's 6'1". I can tell you something. He's the biggest energy in the room. Biggest energy in the room, most lovable guy. You're going to just want to walk up and hug this guy as soon as you meet him. Rob Gill, welcome to Orange Crushing It. Wow. Thank you for that intro, Frank. Thank you for uh, inviting me on to this. I'm excited about it. For all the people that are listening, uh, long before I had the good fortune of connecting with you in January, I was a fan for at least two years or a year and a half. Cool. Well, I appreciate a fan of the fan. Mr. Orange. Yeah. I, I, was it because I'm a Boston guy and, you know, Red Sox, Patriots and all? Was that part of it? Rob, no, a Jersey I'm, a Steeler, I'm a Steeler fan from New Jersey, so absolutely nothing to do with Boston. Uh, but I am right. a Celtic fan. I am a all Celtic right. fan. Well, we'll take one-fourth of the fan base, you know? We'll, yes. we'll accept that. Thank you very much. So, Rob, again, as I said, you are just a great energy in the room, and, and you're in financial planning, right? You're in wealth yes. management. You're wealth, and you said that you have a mind-altering process. Take us through how you got involved in financial, like wanting to help people financially. Because yep. everybody finds their niche at some point in their life. And they go, you know what, this is what my passion is. This is what drives me. And wealth management, helping clients you know, maximize returns on their investments. That's your shtick. That's your thing. That's your niche. That's your passion. How did you even get involved in that? 
So great question. Thank you. I grew up in Bayonne, New Jersey, middle class, 75,000 people. I'm sure you'll appreciate this, Frank. 75,000 people in a three-mile city all knew each other's business. You were brought up in your house as well as in the neighborhood. Everything was highly competitive. Breaking A lot of stuff that I do today is a direct result of experiences that I, that I took back then. And one of them is my dad, who was a police officer for 27 years. My mom was a domestic engineer. She stayed home, raised the family. My dad used to work two or three jobs. And if you opened up the top drawer in my parents' bedroom, it was filled with failed lottery tickets. Oh. He thought that the lottery was going to save the day. And he thought that for 30, 40 years. And I just, you know, from a financial education standpoint, my parents just never were educated. You know, and I, re- I recall people around me and some of the people whose dads were police officers had nicer houses, nicer cars. I do remember noticing that. And there, and my parents raised me with love. You know, I was raised by a wolf pack. I talked about that this morning. But, you know, they also bounced the tuition checks in high school, right? And I remember they would, around exam time in the high school, call your name to the cafeteria and that meant everybody knew that the parents bounced the check. So, like, you get made fun of, right? You know, your parents bounce the check, you know, that kind of stuff. So I remember that financial education was key to me. I never wanted to feel that level of lack of control. I never wanted to be in that position as I got older in life. I certainly don't want my kids to ever feel the way I felt, but still experience the love that I felt, right? So it led me down the path of where I, I got my first job on Wall Street, as you know, with the mighty Joe Hagan. You know, I started cold calling for a long time, I, I opened up 3,000 accounts over the phone while I worked for and with Joe from 1996 to 2003. And I trained people to do the same thing. So I trained about nine others to do a combined 3,000. And during that time, I learned every single no possible, but I didn't understand financial planning. We were just opening new accounts for stocks. That's an incredible history to get you know, all the way up to Wall Street here. And I know Joe. Joe's actually been on one of my podcasts. Tough guy, but yet probably one of the more sensitive guys you'd ever want to meet and highly accomplished on Wall Street. Yep. Take me back to, uh, you, you know, you mentioned that feeling of getting called out in school and Ooh. the bounce checks, man. And Oof. I went to private school and it was small. And yeah. everybody knew everybody's business, right? Yep. Everybody knew you were in a certain clothes, your parents roll up in a certain car, yep. right? your, your jeans are ripped, your sneakers are Hand-me-downs. Worn. I was doing the hand-me-down. I was the oldest, so I yeah. lucked out from that standpoint. Yeah. But you also mentioned uh, the wolf pack. What's the yeah. wolf pack? So now my siblings and my parents, and now my dad's passed away for 13 years, but you know, while he was alive and I started to come into my own financial success, I would often share that I was raised by a pack of wolves, and for some reason, they took it negatively. <laughs> so we got my sister on the phone right now. She'd be so pissed off. But I was the youngest of four, you know what I mean? The youngest of 37 first cousins. So there was all adults around me. I saw a lot of different things. You know, I always say that, listen, by the time I was born, my parents were like, you know, my oldest brother's 12 years older than me. They kind of checked out. So I would have like sugar pops and ice pops for dinner and just come and go, you know, any way I wanted to. And I remember when I would be playing basketball in the schoolyard and and like the lights, remember the kid that had to go home when the street light came on? Yep. I was the kid that acted like I had to go home when the street light came on, but I didn't. You know what I mean? I was so, the kid that threw rocks at the street light. It could never come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, um, you know, I, I was brought up in a street environment, no doubt about it. I did find myself attracted to the crazier side of my neighborhood, right? Did some things that, you know, not proud of today, but uh, I was involved in, in, in a little bit more of a streety environment. I like to say we went, we've come from the streets to the suites, you know? Yeah. Well, when you're the youngest of four, right? I mean, there's a pecking order in a family. And really the only time that matters is within your family. Yeah. But, I, you know, being the oldest and you being the youngest, man, I remember my younger brother. First and foremost, there's no pictures of him. Like, do you even exist? Like, you're part yes. of the family, right? Exactly. <laughs> and then it would always be like, Ma, what the, f- how, you know, Richard gets away with this. I didn't get to do that. What? I'm sure yeah. there was, a, I'm sure your sister probably doesn't like the wolf pack, but she probably even more so doesn't like Rob got away with this and Rob got away with that. And I didn't get yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. And it's clear from your wardrobe that you got to hand me down some hurt. So you're looking good. <laughs> so you, we've all had a wolf pack story at some level. You know, you grew up in a tough city. You grew up in, you know, I think part of the Northeast is that's one of the beauties of growing up there. Yes. Yes. And you take that plus your dad's history, not being financial astute as you'd like to be. Yep. You'll certainly understand why that became a passion for you. Yep. And, you know, fortunate enough to work with Joe. You say you opened 3,000 accounts in seven yep. years, and then you hired nine guys to do the same. Well, yeah. while I was doing it, I was training people to do it. You know what I mean? So they all didn't open 9,000, but they're collectively, because what I would do is I would be in the center of these 10 guys, and they would watch me present, and then they would start to just mimic, because I created a formula yep. on how to do that presentation. It was just seven-minute cold call. So if you did this 40 times a day with brand-new people, Three of them or two of them are going to say yes. But in order to get 40 people on the phone, you had to make 400 dials, but you had to be in a peak state. So that was the formula. And then all the, all the rest of it was this language off of the presentation. And then right. it was a, you know, you ask for the order the first time, they say no. The second time you hit them with the feel fell found. The third time, all right, listen, let's just get your big toe wet and start off with 100 shares. And we'll call to get to know your trade. I had that down. And, it, and that's when I was joking with Joe this weekend because he didn't teach me that. He was more of the traditional model that that seven call approach that he was talking about. Right. I was like, F this, I'm not doing seven calls. Let's, you know, there was drip calls, but let's see how many we can get done on our first call. So you, did you delete and distort what Joe was teaching you? Did you actually go down? I elevated You elevated it. I elevated it. I'm going to get you and Joe on the same podcast because I think there'll be a little battle here. Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah. did it right? Yes. Hey, Rob, you mentioned getting into peak state. How important is that? When oh you're, you know, I mean, for any profession, but specifically what you're doing. You know, Frank, it's, it's the most important because if you can't be in a peak state, you're not going to earn money or you're not going to be the best performer that day. And uh, you're not going to be able to elevate above your community or your, you know, whatever pod you're working in, right? And you're not going to create leadership because I believe in actionable leadership, right? It's hard for me to be trained by somebody unless they're doing it. That was my attraction to Sean Callagy. When I came to Tony Robbins coming out of my first UPW, I am a phenomenal follower, great foot soldier, if the leader is actionable. And Joe, Joe Hagan was one of my leaders, right? Yeah. So if you could be in a peak state every day, which I never knew how to do it, organ- I knew it organically, but I didn't have the map and the know-how that I have now, right. where no matter how you wake up, you can do it. That's been the magic and the gift of Tony specifically. And then the communication from Sean being able to, to really kind of be in a conduit of information from that down from, from Tony to Sean to me. 
and understanding pattern recognition, and I know you get that, and how to interrupt patterns, that's the key if you really want to explode on the scene. It is. And, you know, for us that are involved in personal development and somewhat self-aware, you know, and are, are take a lot of action item steps and are you know, accountable to our own actions, there are those that listen to the podcast here that are in that club. And then there's the other ones like my mother that goes, you're doing another seminar? What's going on with you? Are you, are you broken? You're a good guy. Don't, you don't need no more seminars. I say, Ma, I got to get an old peak state. <laughs> oh, is that you jumping up and down? What, what you know? <laughs> so for those that don't, that are my mom, okay, that are listening today, when you say get into a peak state, like some people look at that. I would look at that if I had, wasn't personally into personal development at all as some crazy person, you know, looking in the mirror going, you're great. You're wonderful. I love you. I feel like Sally Fields every single time. I, people love me. I want Academy Award. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so what are some of your morning rituals that you do? Because key, you know, people that are successful have great morning rituals. Yeah. I'm sure you have a morning ritual too, right? That gets you into that, what we'll call peak state. Is it just jumping up and down? Is it getting up early? Is it cold water immersion? Cold no, shower? Great, great. Thank you for that question. And for me, it's really not jumping up and down, believe it or not. Although I'll do that, if whatever, but that's not part of my ritual. It's really understanding the questions that I ask myself and being able to do that right in the morning when I first wake up before anything else. Because, you know, for me, if I'm not doing that, I wake up feeling like that I'm not good enough every day. Every day I feel like I wake up like I'm a failure and, and I'm going to do bad. That's exactly like that's, you know, for whatever reason, that's kind of where I'm at. And for me, it's about, you know, the questions that, hey, you know, what can I learn from this? What am I happy about? Where are the areas I can improve? What can I do today to make me better for tomorrow? Like these kind of questions are important for me. And then I love priming when I'm in the shower. So the three, three, and three, gratitude, healing, and, and outcomes, right? So, and in the middle of that, if I get a workout in three, four, five times a week, it depends on, you know, if it's just going to be walking or if I'm going to lift or whatever, all that stuff in my morning ritual, if I get that done before 8, 830, I'm, on, I'm, I'm already going to win that day. You're ready to crush it. So it's asking yourself a better question. No Telling doubt. yourself, affirming, you know, what you're grateful for. Yeah. And getting the body moving, right? So you're getting all, you get your mind working, you get your heart centered, and you get your body moving. That's yeah. a great way to start I never say, I never look in the mirror and say, you're good enough, or you're a winner. Like, I don't do that. Not to say that that's not good, but for me, it's really about what the questions that I ask myself. And Frank, and I know you know this, when I am in a gratitude mindset, and I'm in a gratitude action space, it just, nothing ever fails. Nothing. Unbelievable, the power of gratitude, eh? Nothing. Yep, you can't be disappointed. You can't be, you can't be in a bad mood. I, I, I yeah. challenge people to listen to this right now. To take 10 minutes of any day, right? Take, take 2% of your day and be grateful. Because that 2% of your day will probably create 60% of your happiness that day. Mm. Imagine if you just did 2% of something or took 2%, I don't have time. I don't make time. Eh. No, you took 2% of your day and told yourself how grateful you are, things you have. Imagine if you lost everything you weren't grateful for today. Tomorrow you don't get to have if you weren't grateful for today. You'll find a million things to be grateful for, right? Yep. And if that little 2% gave you 60% of your happiness, or shit, if you don't even want to say it about yourself, call somebody else and tell them why you're grateful for them. It'll make 60% yeah. or better of their happiness for the day, and it'll take you 1% of your day. 1%. We all have time for that. So thanks for, yeah. thanks for bringing that up, Rob. I appreciate that. Now, Again, you, st you started Epic Wealth, right? And yeah. you definitely have grown that thing. 
uh, exponentially, ex- literally like phenomenal trajectory over the last couple of years. Yeah. When you say you bring your clients through a mind altering state, now I, I threw out the fact that there wasn't any uh, you know, mind altering plants yeah. involved here. <laughs> Maybe there are. I, I you know, but you what's, the, know. what's the mind? <laughs> what's the, <laughs> hey, some people swear by that stuff, okay? Some people, I listened to a Joe Rogan uh, podcast recently we did with Mike Tyson, and they were just, that was 90% of the, the podcast, was all, all these plant based stuff that these guys take to get into the whatever world they want to get into. I'm not a big fan of that stuff, but I'm not saying it's, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a possibility. Understood. Anyway, what's the process? What's a mind altering experience with your clients that go, you know, I want to do business with Rob Gill? You know, um, just to, just so so what happened is when I first uh, when I read Tony's book Money Masters of the Game and he talked about creative planning, which was the fiduciary, it made me think, you know, why can't we do this here? But I also wanted to add an insurance connection to that, not just life insurance, but disability, business, all health insurance, PNC insurance. So that's how when I first connected with Sean, we created. You know, I already had Epic in, in my mind. But I also wanted to do social media and be able to be present on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everything else. So once we had everything in place, we have Epic Financial Strategies, and one arm is the fiduciary arm, which was Epic Wealth Management. And I'm not a fiduciary, just so you know. So there's, we have five fiduciaries over there. And then on the other arm, we have Epic Insurance Services. So when I take somebody through a what we call a financial discovery process, like everything else, it's about, you know, Frank, the first thing I want to know is what is your philosophy and why? Where are you on the map? Let's not talk about the end of the map. We want to know where you are right now first. We have to discover that and be in agreement where you're at on the financial map. So we call it the Epic Financial Freedom Map, right? And then as we go through what's important to you, where do you want to be, where are you now, which we call a cash flow analysis, right? And we're going to have a, uh, um, a quick funnel for that. Then the question becomes, okay, here's a list of what you currently have. And then we run it through the Epic Financial MRI machine and say, look, this right here could be a little bit dangerous later on. This could be great. Uh, You might want to do a little bit more of that. And then we kind of create the model through there where at the same time, we're going to create for you the Epic Wealth Builder, which is your own personal financial website, free charge. We don't charge for any of that stuff. So every decision we make, mind-altering, is based on logic, math, and science, not emotional timidity or gut-level hunch that's baked in fear and distortion of external versions of what's happening economically. So if I take somebody through that success process and my, my teammates are trained to do the same thing, we like to have the client have a wow experience and be shoulder-to-shoulder with money, not scared of it, and not spend it like they hate it, but really put them in a position to kind of change their trajectory and create generational wealth. That's a fantastic approach because you're getting into the, the emotional side of money, which let's face it, you know, 80% of anything we do is mindset, right? Yep. The other 20% is actual mechanics. Yep. It is the fundamentals is what you need to do. You need to save this, blah, 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 right? Put your investments here and there. But 80% of it is mindset. So the fact that you're getting around and creating that experience for people, making it comfortable, you know, because I got to believe that when it comes to it, but there's two things that people always say, don't talk about, right? Let's not talk about religion. Three things. Don't talk about religion. Don't talk about politics. And don't ask anybody how much money they make. Don't even get yep. into it. Don't touch that shit, right? Yep. We're all, we all hold that stuff really close to the vest. And, you know, I'm in my 60s now, all right? Are you really? 
Yeah, I'm in my six. No I, way, know you, I, I know you thought that I was only 25 years old because I was running surfboard. <laughs> no, I really I didn't know you were in your 60s. I was That's walking on that surfboard this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not. <laughs> you look like you're my age and I look like I'm your age. I don't think so, Rob. I think you're very complimentary. And this is a podcast, so nobody can really see it anyways. So, oh, yes, okay. we All are right. the two sexiest motherfuckers in the yes, podcast we world. We have a yes. face for podcasts. That's right. So, we are bad motherfuckers. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> but getting back to mindset, right? And people at different ages have a different mindset. And, and I think as an employer, and this is what I, as an employer, I would bring a financial planner into my company and I'd say, listen, we're going to do, we're going to talk about 401k plans here and we're going to, we're going to match some of your 401k and some of your money is going to come out of your paycheck every single week. And I'm going to put this planner in an office and I want every single person one at a time to go in there and sit with this person. And you can sit with this person and you can go, I'm all set. I'm good. Walk right up. Okay. Or you can sit with this planner and go, I'm a fucking mess. And I'm afraid to tell somebody I'm a fucking mess. Yes. Right. I get that again, with the attraction to you, the energy you bring, the fun, that, that just that whole energy that's, that's trusting, right? It's trusting. Because you have to have a conversation like that. It goes, it's almost like going to your doctor. And the and doctor goes, well, what do you do? And you don't admit that you drink three whiskeys a day, yeah. right? But your liver's shot. Or you don't admit you don't work out at all, right? Or you don't, you don't admit that, you know, pizza is your staple in life or Lucky Charms, which aren't too bad, by the way. But, I love Lucky Charms and pizza. Just so we're on the same page. Um, you put Lucky Charms on pizza. Find some way to make that happen, dude. We'd be. We should open a restaurant. Yes. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> a Lucky Charm. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> Cholesterol hell. <Yeah>. Yeah, but, the, <laughs> but the point is, if you're not honest. You can't fix something, right? It's like what you said. You got to know where you're at. You got to know the starting point. You can't get to Chicago if you know you don't know where your starting point is, right? That's right. You're in Tampa. You're in New Jersey. I mean, it's a different starting point. So, how do you crack that ego, man? And, and again, as people get older, man, the ego just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I, I think you know the answer. Well, I'm asking you. You're the specialist, man. You're the, I, you're I, the expert. I, I'm just I, the guy I, doing, I, asking the questions. I think I think the answer lies in the formula. The answer in the formula. And for those who don't know what the formula is, can you give us a little brief? Sure. What the formula is all about? So for me, and Frank and I have connected on this since January, right after I went to Tony Robbins, I was kind of back to my normal status quo clinging. uh, Because no no one in my office when I went by myself, and I really wasn't able to take that information and bring it back here. Um, I meet Sean Callagy, who created a company recently called Unblinded. And Unblinded is a, um, it's a formula how to go, well, it's called, the formula has three parts, which is self-mastery, process mastery, and influence mastery. For this conversation, we'll just focus on influence mastery. Uh, back in when I was really good at opening new accounts over the phone, there was an influence mastery component to it specific to that place. Meaning when I was on the phone, I was always in a peak state. I had a script and there was a formula on how to take someone from hello to yes within seven minutes just in that space. What Sean has created is a formula for life, to live a life. In this context, um, if I'm dealing with somebody that's 60, 50, 40, or 30, the influence mastery portion of the formula is how to take someone hello to yes with integrity. And it has four parts, 10 energies, and four, four questions, right? You know, four parts, 10 indispensable elements, four energies. 
And the four parts, part one is how to take someone through a process where you're a good listener and you're asking five questions, basically. And and this is to answer your question, Frank. If I'm going to say to somebody, where have you been? Where are you now? Where are you going? What are your biggest victories? And what are your biggest challenges? And during those five questions, listen the whole way through, I'm going to build rapport. And if we build world-class rapport and then isolate, think Dickens style, on the biggest challenge if changes aren't made, that's where we could come in and bring our unique heroic identity and share with somebody that could be stubborn nine times out of 10 with a traditional financial planner. But if we're able to crack the code of their own emotional ego through proper questions and proper listening with integrity and meaning it from your heart, there's probably a 99% chance that you can crack that code. That's a great point, Rob, because listening, and what I heard you say, is listening means you give a shit. Like level, when you talk about level five listening, it's not just, hey, how you doing? You're Rob, I'm Frank. Good. Yeah. Well, let me get to the product. Hey, you're Rob from New Jersey. I'm Frank from Boston. Oh, yep. hey, do you like the Pats? No, I like the Jets. Oh, let me yeah. tell you my product, right? Yeah. You're, really, you're really not listening. I think that's the biggest distinction, because I've studied the formula as well, Yep. And I got to say, this is one of the things that I think you're a genius at. Really, this is, again, why people trust you, right? People feel that energy of Rob Gill in the room is that you are a level five listener at some levels, right? At some things, you pick up on the fact of what somebody says. Look, if somebody said, you're in a conversation with somebody and they go, oh, yeah, my family defected here from the Ukraine back in the 30s, you know, and then they get into, and, you know, my, my dad worked on the railroad, but, you know, there was prejudice against him. And then they get into, and oh, by the way, I have a 401k, it's worth about 300 grand. And you go, oh, 401k, 300 grand. Well, I know how we can move that money. You don't even give any relevance to what they say. And they brought it up for a reason. They want you to know. They want you to know about defecting from the Ukraine. They want you to know about working on a railroad. Okay. And they want you to know because that's their identity. And they start a sentence or they start a conversation about identifying themselves by that. If you don't pay attention to that shit, man, you lost them. Right? They know it. And they know it. And yeah. they know it. They, people don't, they don't want to know how much you care until they, you, you really, they really believe that you care in them, right? Exactly. So yep. and you're very, very, very good at that. You're very good Thank at you. that stuff. So you have kids, you have a family. There's somebody that's listening right now that goes, you know, I would love to do what Rob does. Or maybe I'd love to do what Frank does. Maybe I'd love to do what my neighbor does. Yep. Maybe, you know, that constant comparing based on where you're at. And that typically happens when your birthday ends in a five or a zero, right? Oh, shit, I'm 40 now. Oh, I'm 50, oh, 45, you know, whatever it is, right? That magical birthday that we go, shit, I got to change my life, man. I got to do something. Yep. And a lot of times it just really takes a small incremental shift and a change. Okay? Right. So if anybody's listening right now and they're going, Man, Rob Gillum, man, he's, he's got this multi-million dollar financial planning business. He's got like over 100 sales meetings. He's, he books like all the time. He's, he's gone from, you know, small, yeah, you know, he's working on Wall Street. But maybe that's what I got to do. I got to get a job on Wall Street and I got to ask 3,000, make 3,000 phone. Is that what I got to do? What is the one or two distinctions that I don't care what age you're at, that you would say, just focus on these one or two things. There's a lot more to learn. If yeah. you had to tell people two things to do, that could change and totally alter the course of their life, what would it be? Uh, great question. Thank you for that. I think that one of the things I did very well and at the same time made mistakes in, and Frank, if you surround yourself with people that have done what you're looking to do, 
And those people are like at the highest level versus average. That's one distinction. You want to surround yourself with the highest levels of winners. And I don't mean winners like financially. I just mean winners in the space of what you're looking to do. It could lead to financial success. And you can maybe, by learning from them, it puts you in a different level of proximity and awareness. Now, there's times that I didn't surround myself with the best of the best. And I learned bad habits, right? So if you're going to surround yourself with with the best of the best and model what they do, and maybe just add one, two, three percent to that, there's a really good chance that you'll achieve success. And in that space, it's important to be coachable. And you see how Sean interacts with me. And there's times that like, I don't, I don't like some of the things, you know what I mean? And then there's times that I love it, but, but being able to withstand and stay in that space is the key. Being coachable by the best and surrounding yourself with winners and, and achievers that, are, that have done what you're looking to do. They just got there before you. So they already have the ingredients and the playbook of to do what you're looking to do. That's great advice. It's great advice because people that, that are already where you want to be, believe it or not, they love teaching. They love talking about what, they, what they've done. If you just ask them, they surround themselves. So, for example, you and I are probably not going to be personal trainers if we open the Lucky Charm Pizza Restaurant, right? The people are not yeah. probably going to come to us for advice. We'll teach them how to have a heart attack, though. We'll teach them how to, you know, smile and smile them while they're dying, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. not the road we want to go, by the way. No. So I don't want to profess that on any level. I'm not putting that energy out there. Okay? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Even though this past weekend we were all in New Jersey and we're eating 132 scoops of ice cream with pop rocks. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the path that we're going on here, Ron. So sur- surround yeah. yourself. Great two points. Surround yourself with people that are where you want to be yep. and influence you. Right. Yep. I mean, obviously, you always have an attitude of gratitude and be oh, coachable, wow. be coachable, man. Just like you find somebody that's doing it better than you. And don't you find that people, and this is my experience, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but tell me what your experience is. Don't you find that people, when they reach a certain age or a certain point in their life, they go, ah, I got this. I, I, don't, I don't need any more help. You had yeah. teachers your whole life. If you're in a publicly traded company, you have a board of directors, you've had a boss, you've had parents, you've had, you know, priests and nuns and you had a nutritionist and you have a doctor and you have an insurance plan, a sales financial planning guy, right? As a coach, you have, you have all these coaches and all of a sudden you just go, eh, I got this. Yeah. And you, and you stop doing it. Yeah. I'm always blown away by that. People think you know, you're interesting. That's a great point, Frank. And, and I'll tell you this, that is without a doubt the case. What I did notice when COVID-19 first hit, everybody was receptive to everything. And now we're kind of falling back into what you just talked about. I Why do you think that, that was? Do you think that, that when people are in a pandemic, that's when they, they start listening? Or, or yeah, I think it's the whole calamity bell thing. I think when something is like, whether it was Sandy, uh, Super Storm, Storm Sandy here in New Jersey, which kind of shut things down for two or three weeks, there was that sense of shoulder to shoulder. And I, and I got the impression that uh, right after 9-11 down, downtown on Wall Street, I was down there, same thing. Uh, this was different because it was longer and there was no, there was no end in it was supposed to be two weeks. And next thing you know, it's like everything got canceled. And I think the shock to the system for the whole collective uh, human, you know, experience here, just in America, even around the world, that I think people definitely became better listeners really fast. Yeah, because we're six months into this thing now, right? Yeah. There is a, there is a shoulder to shoulder here that and people go, oh, you're right. They're, they're ready to learn. And it's a shame that people have to get down to a point where, you know, this hardship 
would be great yeah. if we all kind of learned. And granted, this is not something that we could have prevented necessarily, right? And there's varied opinions on this entire thing, which we're not going to get into. But the point of it is, is that, you know, wouldn't it be great just to be proactive so that the winters in your life, as you, yeah. as you will, right, are less bumpy. They're less cold. They're less without stress, less stress, less emotional attachment and detachment and, you know, all the angst and everything else that goes with it. Wouldn't it be great to just plan ahead, which is what you're doing, which is what, you, which is what your business is all about, right? Yeah, and, and to that point, Frank, you know, we learned this from Tony, turning shoulds into musts. If we could live, live in must mode all day long, and I think that's what happened. If you wake up in must mode, if you're in peak performance in must mode, and if you could take your shoulds and really turn, and that's what I try and do every day, you know what I mean? I think that's the key. You know, that's another key. There's so many keys, but I think that's, you know how like if you're going to study for a test and you wait till the last minute, but you put the 10 hours in just to pass the test because right. it became a must when it was a should before that. Living in must mode is like the key to exponential growth. There's no doubt about it. It really is. And to add to that too, Rob, what you're talking about, you know, cramming the test, right? Or getting it done or that brute force. That's what I like to call persistence, right? Persistence, you can get almost anything done. Keeping it though, is about being consistent. Consistency keeps it, persistence gets it. And, and, and especially in your line of work, right? People can be persistent. Okay, man, you got no money. We got to put a savings thing together. We got to put your kids through school. Man, you wanted that summer house, you wanted that vacation, but okay, man, boom, let's go raise a hundred grand, right? And people go, oh yeah, let's do that, man. I don't have 401k, let's, let's jam this and shit, let's get it done. Yeah. And you go, okay, man, we got it going now, right? Now just keep it consistent. Now I only need two. Put that two thousand dollars a month aside. Whatever, hundred dollars aside. Put that three three cents. Cut out the coffee. Put five dollars, right? It's like no. you're pushing the merry-go-round. You get the thing going. Remember those things in the playground, right? Those merry-go-rounds that had the, yes. the colored yeah. pies, right? And you, you'd, you'd have one guy that would be the guy who has to push it while six of your friends are sitting on it, kicking it in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. You lazy motherfuckers, get off of this! Come on, push with me. He's <laughs> always the biggest guy. He's always the biggest guy sitting on the thing too, right? Yeah. They push you, push you, push you, push. Right? Finally, you get to say, I mean, your your knees are scraped up. You're getting kicked in the head. You're falling down. You're getting hit with the metal bars that are on these things because back then we didn't give a shit about what safety was in a playground, yeah. right? <laughs> and you get it going finally to the point where you can just, if you can visualize this, you know, you're just moving your hand right on the bar, like you're pushing. You're just yeah. it's the effort of, a, of of your hand on the bar. It keeps going, keeps going. That's consistent, right? The persistence was, you motherfuckers, you know, when you go, go, go. Then if you keep it going, you guys, it's going to be consistent. That's all it takes, man. It's all it takes, a little thing. And then you stop, and the thing comes to a crashing stop. And you got to yeah. start all over again, right? Yep, yep. So it's learning like, that persistence and consistency. And that's, I mean, that's what you do great. That's what you're great at. That's why customers keep coming back to you. That's why you're doing what you're doing, man. I, I applaud you for I appreciate that. Yeah, Thank you so much. Thank you. So, Rob, how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, you can email me at rgill, which is G-I-L-L, at epic, E-P-I-C-W-M, like williammary.com, rgill at epicwm.com. And, you know, anyone that, if you do send an email, just say, I heard you on Frank's, Mr. Orange's podcast, and uh, we'll do a free evaluation, a free audit for you. That's awesome. Thank you for doing that. And you have, you have a lot of social media, too. So how can people dial into finding you on YouTube or... YouTube is uh, Epic Financial Strategies. That's our that's our page on YouTube, and and uh, we're also on Instagram and and uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. You have some cool videos out there, man. So thank you, man. Fun. They're short and simple, and then you get to see the beautiful man that is Rob Gill. 
other than just letting them hear them on this podcast. Rob, thanks a ton for being on my show today. You are and embody orange energy. All right, we're gonna we're gonna fix Love that wardrobe so you're wearing orange every time. But you know, I you got a little I orange. Wear orange, but this is red. You got a well. well it's coral. We're close enough. Yeah, you ready? <laughs> I got an orange book. That's good. That's a good start. All right. It's called the diet, the diet cure, and I've never opened it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll meet you at the Lucky Charm restaurant, brother. Okay, for a slice. Yes, yes, thank <laughs> you. Make sure there's plenty of orange moons or orange stars, whatever the color was in the Lucky Charm for orange. Anyhow, we are way getting off, off topic, and that's okay. Orange markers. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Thanks again, man. You are an inspiring guy. You are a driven guy. You are an adrenaline junkie, and you are a guy that understands contribution is the way to get to success. You, my friend, are an orange crushing an individual. Thank you for being Thank here. Thank you, brother. Thank you for being for inviting me on the call. I appreciate it. Really appreciate it. All right, man. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orange Crushing It. Hope you're fired up to take on your week with unstoppable energy. Hey, if you like the broadcast, please subscribe. Share it with your best buds and please write a badass review. You can reach me at themrorange.com. Stay inspiring, all. <laughs>